Uh, I, I live just below Roger, so I drove by in my truck, right, when he was trying to record that, and he had to start over from the beginning. <laughs> I thought about backing up and really making it hard for him, but I didn't. Welcome, everybody. It's so good to be with you. Welcome online. Uh, I know there are a lot, there's probably, I think I saw like 40 households between our two different venues of, of seeing things online, and we're just, we want you to feel welcome wherever you are and wherever you feel comfortable. Um, did you notice that the average age of the kids up here leading is like 20? They brought, they brought uh, uh, Tyler's age average way, way down. So, uh, yeah, it's just good to be with you. It's good to see as many people here as we have. And I don't know, what do we have? Is it 150 or something? 115, okay. So, uh, you know, that's, we're you know, doing what we are allowed to do. And like Eric said, we'll be into two in a couple of weeks on the 5th. Uh, typically, we have 350 right now. So it's a little different, but we'll, we'll take what we can get. Uh, so yeah, good to be with you. I uh, was looking at the notes, or looking for uh, notes that I had taken possibly before on the, this passage that we're going to look at this morning from Matthew 6. And so I'm, I'm looking through my computer and finding out, and I, there was one place where I'd worked on a message on Matthew 6 in this particular place that Jesus is teaching. And it was curious because halfway through the message or the, where I was writing it, it just stopped. There's just nothing else. It's like, that's really weird. I don't remember. I mean, why would I not finish this message? What? And then I, I, later, this is like a week later, I came back and was like, hmm. And I checked a date, and it was J- July 2016. That's when I broke my leg. So it was like halfway through the week, nothing. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I was kind of looking over my shoulder all week, wondering what was going to happen uh, to me. This time, nothing happened. So fortunately, I'm back. Uh, so we've taken a little detour from the series that we were in. We'll come back to it. We're looking at the prophets and, and their world and how they interacted and what God said to us through them. And we're going to we just move them back a little bit in the year. And we jumped over to look at this place uh, where the disciples of Jesus and a bunch of other people are gathered around his feet, huddled around Jesus, just listening to his words in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Uh, and so I, would, I think I would call this series, we haven't really titled it, but At the Feet of Jesus. I really feel like that's the place as believers uh, right now that would just be really appropriate for us to go, just to sit around his feet. Just You can almost picture yourself being there. He's on the mountainside. You can you know, picture the upper loop. You just pulled off to the side there on a rock, and Jesus is teaching, and you're just sitting at his feet, listening to what he needs to tell you about following him. And it's really cool because these people hadn't heard this stuff before. This is all new to them. This is stuff we've looked back on and most of us in this room have heard before. But it's all new about what it means to follow him. So just try to look at it with fresh eyes. Hear it like that. Set yourself around him in the flowers and just enjoy hearing what he says to these people. And uh, when when he does this... Uh, this long message that we know is the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, if, you're, if you open your Bible and you, you have the red letter edition, it just goes on and on and on. Jesus is just talking, talking, talking. And there, it's one of the longest stretches that we have of him speaking. He recognizes, and is in t- something about it, the people that are listening. He's in tune with them. 
one of the things that he notices is that they are concerned. They have a, a certain level of anxiety. And it's some, a kind of anxiety that I don't think most of us feel right now. Some of us in our lives might have felt this. And again, we could sometime in the future. But they were concerned about food and clothing. Food and like, are we going to get our next meal? Are we going to be able to clothe ourselves? It was that desperate in their situation. Most of my worries are a little bit different. Uh, That doesn't mean they're not important. Most of your worries are probably a little bit different in the anxieties that we feel. But what's really cool about this passage is that Jesus starts out and addresses those very foundational needs, food and clothing. And as as you listen to Roger read that, you heard that, and he repeats it a couple of times. But then he opens up his meaning and he says, hey, there are a, anxiety is not something that's foreign to Jesus. It's not foreign to us. And it wasn't foreign to them in general. It wasn't just food. It wasn't just those basic needs. And so he brings us encouragement about the anxieties and worries that we feel today. I think it's beautiful. And I, I hope that it'll resonate with you. Uh, he, what, he, what he's going to do is he's going to say, I'm going to give you this teaching. I'm going to tell you about this when you're dealing with anxiety. And when you feel those feelings, I want you to call, recall these things to mind. Call to mind the things that I'm going to teach you right now. In the future, it's going to be known as Matthew 6. But right now, just call to mind what I'm telling you people sitting at my feet. And, and this is what I think he wants to say to us. Um, this is the main point, really, uh, the, the question becomes, if Jesus says these things, do we trust him? And so as we walk through this, as we listen to everything he says about, about anxiety, do we trust him? Can I trust him? Can you trust him? One thing that's really important to notice is that Jesus doesn't say it's wrong to worry or that it's wrong to hang, have anxiety. He, he validates the anxiety. But what he does is he says, in moments of anxiety, in times or periods or uh, long moments of, of life where you have anxiety, he says, call these things to mind. All right? And that's what we're going to unfold here. As we walk through each of these, we'll just have to ask ourselves, in this case, do I trust him? As he says this to me, do I trust him? So, three points, imperatives that Jesus gives, illustrations he gives, and inquiries Imperatives, illustrations, and inquiries. So let's talk about the imperatives. These are statements that he makes that are bold, straightforward, and almost sound like commands. Okay, And one of them that he makes three times is he says, do not be anxious. So in this short passage, three times, he says, don't be anxious. And in uh, verse 25 and 31, he says the same thing, almost. Let me read them to you. In 35, he says, therefore I tell you, Do not be anxious about your life or what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Okay, so he's addressing those basic needs these people are worried about. And then in 31, don't be anxious saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? Uh, Obviously, these people are concerned about some fundamental situations. Uh, They don't have confidence that what they need to happen, what they really want to happen, which is food and clothing, that they're going to have those things. They don't know that's going to happen. They're worried 
about that. But like I said, he expands the scope of it. And if you look down in 34, uh, he says, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So Jesus acknowledges that there, is, there are stresses that we feel that go deep into our soul, as deep as the need for food and clothing, but they're not necessarily food and clothing. Now, I don't know, anybody here ever feel stressed? You can go ahead. You don't even have to raise your hand in your head. You can go ahead and do it because I know that we do. We just do. Uh, we find things to be stressed about and, and to have uh, anxiety over. Um, but I wonder how you feel when Jesus says, do not be anxious. I mean, it doesn't sound like the most modern therapeutic uh, method of interacting with someone who's feeling intense stress about basic needs or, or any kind of need. I mean, I'm the master of this because when uh, Claire's like, I'm really feeling anxious about this. this. is something that's really important to me. It's, I'm anxious, I'm concerned, and I'm like, don't worry about it. This is really good husband advice, by the way, if you're young. Um, <laughs> I mean, Claire, how much do you love that response? She loves it, yeah. I know how much she loves it, so that's why I do it. Um, what's really cool, I think, especially because we know Jesus, and we've read his words, and we read all of these words from Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he's neither, he's neither condescending nor minimizing. That tends to be the, the two responses that I have. Oh, you know, it's not a big deal. You know, don't, don't worry about that. Or I even tell myself, don't worry about that. Uh, years ago, I, I owned this rock climbing company with a couple guys, and we used to take people out on these adventures. And uh, whenever you get a group of beginner climbers on a wall, uh, you'll have, like, some people that scamper up. If you have experience with this, you know what I'm talking about. They just shoot up. It's, like, totally natural, like a spider. You go up the... And then there's people who get like this high off the ground and the ledges are this big, like this shelf right here. And they're like, they're on that shelf and their they're calves are flexing and they're, you know, they're scared to death and they can't get the next thing. And here's what happens. Someone down below them or several people will do this. Just put your foot there. You AEI guys know what I'm talking about. You've totally seen this. Just reach over there and do, just do that. And the operative word here is just. It's just so easy. Just do that. Um, I don't think that we should take Jesus' words to be like that. Just don't worry about it. Uh, see, we could take this like this. We could, we could say, well, Jesus himself, my Savior, is saying, don't be anxious. And so we could say, well, I must be a failure spiritually if I can't control my anxiety, right? Um, I don't, let me, let me say this like I think maybe he said it. Let, let me give you two examples of what he, how he probably didn't say. He probably didn't say, hey, don't be anxious. What are you, weak? I don't, I don't think that was the, the tone of this entire message nor of this uh, thing he's saying to them right here. And I don't think he's saying, hey, uh, this isn't a big deal. You can control this, you know. Uh, he's not being disparaging like you're weak. He's not minimizing this like it's not a big deal. It's only a big deal to you. Um, 
but I think he says, don't be anxious. And what that brings with it is the companionship of Jesus Christ in anxiety and worry. See, he acknowledges those worries. He acknowledges that stuff, but he doesn't condemn. He, he says, you're going to be anxious, but I'm with you. So the question becomes, do I trust him? How can I move further towards trusting him? So, for your, for your thought, the imperative, don't be anxious. Now, illustrations. Uh, he adds illustrations to help us understand what he's trying to say. And he has several of them. But I want to read to you these from uh, 626. He says, call this stuff to mind when you're anxious. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And then in 28, why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Neither, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the, clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Birds don't, don't store food in barns. Lilies are better dressed than Solomon. And the grass is even provided for. Now, this... Uh, this little set of illustrations that Jesus gives, I think, are so poignant to all of us. Because I bet every single one of you, whether it was yesterday or the day before, whenever you got here, if you're just freshly here to Crested Butte, noticed the flowers, right? And you maybe noticed the hummingbirds that aren't in your hometown. And you noticed that you maybe saw an eagle on your way up. You know, these things that we come here for, Jesus is talking about. The beauty of Crested Butte uh, holds all of these things right in front of us as reminders of this illustration. I was on the plane. Uh, I was on a plane on Tuesday because I went to help my son get himself moved and organized in, in Arkansas. And so I did a couple hops, like from Fayetteville to Dallas and Dallas to to Montrose. And flying to Montrose, I'm sitting by this lady, uh, and it was so funny because the the lady on uh, the the uh, I almost said stewardess. I know that's probably completely the wrong word. The flight attendant. You guys are not laughing with me. Come on. Are we just, do we need to just gather around and break the rules? Because um, I think there'd be more energy. But uh, she, she goes, so we're talking, and we, I, you know, eventually it comes around. She's, they bought a house in, uh, in Telluride, and they hadn't been able to be at it because of their, because uh, of the COVID thing. And so it's their first time to go there. And she's asking me all these questions about Colorado and this and that, and they're from Florida, and and then she said, well, are the wildflowers out? And, he, and here's, in my head, and I fortunately put the brakes on, I was like, well, tell you right, I don't know. You know, <laughs> Crested Butte, heck yeah. But I, I backed off. I thought, I thought in advance. I said, yes, in Colorado, the flowers are out. This place, if you've been to other places, is particularly beautiful. It's just off the hook, right? And uh, off the hook means it's just crazy. For those of you like not as up to date with terms that I am, so uh, so anyway, I was nice to her, and we you know we realize that we have something incredibly beautiful, and and you can go today and sit somewhere around this town, really close by, and look at the birds. You can see the flowers that are unbelievable. You can probably see ten different kinds of flowers right in front of you. Yeah, 
And you can just remember what God has done for them. And recall to mind, like Jesus is saying, look what I've done right here. Look at this grass. Look what I have done. And are you not more valuable than these things? Yes, you are more valuable than these things. However, that leads me to say, because I I always have to question the whole thing, well, well, Jesus, you know, I have seen things go wrong for birds. I've seen things go wrong for the flowers in my yard. I've seen the grass not grow. Things go badly. We've seen things go badly for followers of Jesus. You know, uh, last week, we prayed for Tim Keller. Uh, You know, if you've been around here very long, you know the person I quote the most beside the scripture is Tim Keller. And Tim Keller, you know, got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, which is extremely deadly. Uh, Dallas Willard, who many of you know, mentored hundreds of thousands of people through his writing in his life, died from pancreatic cancer recently. My wife's father died from pancreatic cancer. These are believers who have died because of pancreatic cancer. Things don't always go well. So how can Jesus say, hey, don't be anxious? I mean, that we have to ask. You, you, you may be providing right now for the flowers that feel good. Um, I think that we can see in his illustrations, in his care for creation, that the life of these things, like a bird or a plant, these things are temporal. But here's the difference. He says, are you not worth more than them? You, you, my people, are the pinnacle of creation, the pinnacle of my creation. And you are eternal. Your soul is eternal. And so, yes, there may be trouble. There, there will be trouble. But this is an eternal relationship that we're talking about. And we have to look beyond the immediate that's happening right in front of us and recognize that, that yes, creation uh, has been cared for carefully by our creator, but we can have confidence that he will care for us in the long run. So the question is, do we trust him? Do I trust him? Do I believe what he's saying to me? So he's given us imperative and imperative. He's given us illustrations to call to mind. And he's asked us some questions. He has these inquiries that are rhetorical for those people to answer for themselves and for us. Let me read them to you. There's at least five in there. In verse 25, he says, Is is not life more than food? In the body more than clothing? In 26, are you not of more value than the birds? In 27, which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And in 28, why are you anxious about clothing? In 30, if God clothes the grass of the field, which is alive, which today is alive, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Is life not more than food? Am I more valuable to God than grass? Can I add to my life by worry? No. 
what I want to encourage you to do is to take these questions and get a journal if you don't have one and answer these questions. Like, talk to God about these things. Like, I've been doing these living room sessions online for a while now, and at the end of each one, I try to think of questions. I can say, hey, journal through this. Think about this where you can write it down and expand on your, your, your thoughts and share them with God. Like, write them like a prayer. Interact with Him. Talk over the answers of these questions with God. If none of these things help, if you can't recall these things to mind, if I can't recall these things to mind, I'm still suffering. I just, I have to put this little note in here. OB Joyful has counseling available. If, there, if this is just bringing up a lot of pain for you, and I'm really sorry if it is, let me encourage you. We do have opportunities to help you and me get the counseling that we need when we need it. So just if there's something that's coming up or you know somebody needs help, you just find my email address on the, on the website and shoot me a message and we will connect you with the right people. But the question again is, in these questions we ask ourselves, we add one more. Do I trust Jesus? Do I trust what he's saying? One other idea for your journaling and when you're thinking about this with the Lord It's from verse 33. This is another imperative statement that he says. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He doesn't say your stress will go away. He doesn't say that your anxiety will go away. He says, you will be provided for. These are the things I've promised to you. Seek me in my things first. So the question is, what are we seeking that is not of him? What are our priorities right now? Is he at the forefront? We have to ask ourselves those things and talk with him about that. This isn't some kind of magic bullet. All of these things aren't magic bullets to get rid of stress, so we need to feel guilty if we, if we are still uh, in a moment of, or a time of anxiety. Um, we need to recall to mind what Jesus says in Matthew 6. But I want to close with this. Uh, let me read to you from Psalm 84. I'm just going to read a few verses from it, but I think it will resonate with what Jesus said. Okay? It's almost like he's pulling out this stuff from the Hebrew scripture that he wants them to hear and remember. So Psalm 84, 1 to 3 says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the court of my Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. In verse 10, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, Blessed is the one who trusts in you. Let me leave you with one last little illustration. I I was with a friend yesterday looking out over how beautiful everything 
is in our valley. And what came to mind was one moment like this where I feel that air, I'm looking at those flowers, I'm seeing these, this, all the people having fun, you know, one moment takes care of all of April. Does it not? Yes. If you, if you, if you live here, you know what I'm talking about. And March can, the worst of March can be done away with too, with just one more day. It makes all of that, you know, cold and bitterness worth it. It just melts away. I, I think it's just so beautiful how, if we were in a different place, I don't know if I could share the same kind of illustrations or message with you. Because, y'all, we have the opportunity to engage in that, the beautiful things that God has provided and be reminded of how good he is to us. And one day with God, one moment with God erases all of this stuff. So there's an eternal perspective to this. There will be trouble. There will be trouble. But one day with him is going to take care of three years of trouble. Okay, let me pray. Father, uh, I just want to come to you with my friends and acknowledge that we, we struggle. We have anxiety. Uh, we have lists. We find things to be concerned about. And Lord, you know that. You made us, and so you understand. And I thank you that Jesus spoke to us in a way that can bring us uh, comfort rather than condemnation and truth. And God, I do want to uh, just remind walk uh, to that last verse again with my friends. It says, um, blessed is the one who trusts in you, oh God. Lord, may we find the path to trust you. And it is in Jesus' name we pray.